Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and that kind of girl, Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm film scholar and anarchist, too backwards for the real world, Noelle LaCroix. And we're here today to talk about New Moon Rising, the 19th episode of season four. New Moon Rising aired on May 2nd, 2000. It was written by Marty Noxon with Doug Petrie as story editor and directed by James A. Contner. Still pretty, as you all know, by now, I hope, uh, if you're new, welcome. And now I'm telling you right now in this moment, that Still Pretty is a fully spoiled Buffy podcast. Um, we love to talk about what happens way down the line. Usually, you know, we're going to talk about who dies, who doesn't die, who comes yeah. back from the dead. Does anyone come back from the dead? I don't actually remember. Anyway. Uh, do, do vampires count? Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you can follow along with me and be sort of surprised by the stuff you haven't seen or oh, wait, don't Buffy remember. Oh, comes back from the dead. <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, shit. That's right. That's like a whole Does anybody thing. ever come back from the dead? And I'm like, I don't know, vampires. But like, that's a know. huge part of season. Right, that's actually right. That's kind of, of a big deal. Six. And in it musical form as well. Oh man! I know oh, man. it's early See, on a like, Sunday morning, man. I'm not at oh, my. Man. I'm not on top of it. It's all right. It's <laughs> cool. Sorry. It's cool. But like, this is what you're in for. So if you right. haven't watched the show, <laughs> if you haven't watched the show all the way through, I'm not totally sure why you're hanging out with us. But I'm glad you're here. Uh, but brace yes. yourself for spoilers because we can't stop and we won't stop um, <laughs> unless we forget. <laughs> You woke up to a big bowl of Wheaties and now you're a fugitive. So let's go on patrol. New Moon Rising opens with my go-to lesbian witch pickup line. Do you like cats? Tara wants a pet, but she also wants her room to be Willow friendly, which Willow also wants. And I'm already in my feelings, everyone. (laughs) As they walk to the Scooby meeting at Giles' as Tara and Willow hold hands for the first time on screen in a non-vending machine moving, non-rose floating, but still so magical way. Aww. At the meeting, Buffy says patrolling hasn't turned up much of anything, but Riley reports the initiative is lousy with demons these days. Everything's great until Oz walks in and asks if he can talk to Willow that night. Later, Buffy and Riley take down a demon while walking through the graveyard, and Buffy is disappointed by how easy it was to take him out. Riley doesn't care. He's just glad to get another HST for the retrieval team. Buffy brings Riley up to date on Oz and Willow, casually mentioning that Oz is a werewolf and Riley reacts pretty much how you'd expect Riley to act. Gotta say I'm surprised. I didn't think Willow was that kind of girl. What kind of girl? Into dangerous guys. She seems smarter than that. Oz shows up at Willow's dorm and takes her outside for a walk under the full moon. Willow's excited for him, but things get weird when Oz says he talked to Xander, and he said that Willow didn't have a new guy. And she says no. No new guy. I am a different person than when I left. And I can be what you need now. That's what I want. That's why I'm here. While out patrolling, Graham and his team of initiative guys get attacked by werewolves. And not your glossy Southern California shampoo commercial werewolves either. These are some road hard and put away wet werewolves. Meanwhile, Willow and Oz stay up all night talking in her dorm room. And he tells her about learning meditation techniques in Tibet that allow him to control the wolf. 
She suggests they go out for breakfast, and Oz proposes they stay in and sleep. Long, meaningful, Ozian stare. <laughs> Willow chooses the less confusing waffles and leaves to freshen up in the bathroom. There's a knock on the door, and it's Tara who's rattled to find Oz there and leaves as quickly as possible. Willow comes back, and Oz tells her that her friend came by. At Riley's, Buffy starts to explain how some demons, like the occasional vampire, aren't evil at all. But then Forrest comes in with the news about Graham's team, and Buffy's window of opportunity to come out about Angel is out the door. What kind of demon was it? Does it matter? Buffy comes back to the dorm to find Willow snuggling a stuffed animal. Buffy doesn't want to talk about her night. She asks about Oz. Willow tells her that Oz found a way to control the wolf, and Buffy's excited, but Willow says it's complicated because of Tara. Takes Buffy a minute to get it, and she's noticeably uncomfortable at first. That is, Willow notices Buffy being uncomfortable. Called in, Buffy takes a shaky flip and sticks the landing. Willow's worried about hurting someone, and Buffy tells her that's kind of unavoidable. And the important thing is you just have to be honest or it's going to be a lot worse. Adam shows up in Spike's crypt. Oh, come on. We have to talk about Adam in the midst of all this? <laughs> oh. oh, fine. Fine. Adam shows up in Spike's crypt and promises he'll get Spike's chip removed if Spike kills Buffy. Willow goes to Tara's and tells her that she and Oz were just talking all night. Tara tells Willow she'll still be her friend no matter what. Willow is emotionally flooded and doesn't know what to do, and Tara tells her to do what makes her happy. Because Tara is magic. Later, Oz smells Willow coming down the hallway, but it's not Willow, it's Tara. And unlike everyone who's been here the whole time and seen Willow and Tara together on multiple occasions, Oz sees the nature of their relationship and he does not handle it well. Oh, stop! Is she in love with you? Oz goes all woofy and chases after Tara, who is damseled once again, but the initiative comes in, hits Oz with a trank gun, and takes him away. They say they'll put him down if they discover he's one of the wolves that attacked Graham's team the other night, and Tara tries to explain that he is a person, but no one will listen to the little girl. And this world does not deserve Tara! Tara finds Willow in the library and tells her what happened. Willow runs off to Giles's, where Buffy tries to call Riley with no luck. Meanwhile, Oz is in a cage in the initiative. Riley's about to shoot him when he turns back into Oz, and the scientists take over, pumping him full of drugs and doing tests to see how they can make him wolfy. At Giles's, Buffy's trying to figure out a plan to get her, Xander, and Willow into the initiative to save Oz when Spike shows up, saying he'll show them the way. So what's the going right in a wild goose chase, Spike? I'll get you in. No alarms, no cameras, no waiting. Oz is in an initiative cell, naked, shaking, and bruised when Riley comes in to get him out. As they're making a stealthy escape, Forrest and the guys turn the lights on and catch them. So now both Riley and Oz are locked up. Riley's commanding officer asks him to help him take Buffy and her band of merry anarchists out, or Riley's military career is over. Adam is Spike's man in the chair, and he gets the back door open. Anya is Buffy's man in the chair, and she shuts down the power grid with Giles' help. Buffy holds Riley's commanding officer at crossbow point and gets his credentials to release Riley, but it's a standoff in the hallway with the initiative guys. The officer tells the guys to stand down, and they get Oz out of his cell. 
As they're leaving, the commanding officer has final words for Riley. You're a dead man, Finn. No, sir. I'm an anarchist. Buffy sets Riley up with camping gear and the charred remains of the high school. Riley apologizes for what he said about Oz and Willow, and Buffy tells him about Angel. In Oz's van, Oz and Willow say their goodbyes, as Oz realizes that the thing that brings out the wolf in him is Willow. At Tara's apartment, Tara is sitting alone in the dark when there's a knock on her door. It's Willow. I feel horrible about everything I put you through, and and I'm going to make it up to you, starting right now. Oh my god, I love that ending so much. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good! It's so good. Oh my god. All right, Noelle, so here we are with New Moon Rising, and I am curious to know, what did you think? Did you like it? Oh my god. So the lesbian subtext is now text. The cat is out of the bag. Yay! (laughs) I mean, this week in gay stuff, the whole gosh darn episode, I mean, like, which is so great. I mean, and... What I love, there. okay, there are so many things I love. Like, take Mm -hmm. a sip of your favorite hydrating beverage every time I say the thing I love about this episode. (laughs) But I love that it starts with the previously on. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. previously, vending machine, rose floating, I am, you know, yours. And then you're like, oh my God! And here they are walking together. Mm -hmm. And the first line of the episode, after all of this, like, very intense Willow Terra... Mm-hmm. interaction is do you like cats <laughs> <laughs> and I love that Tara who's kind of like I mean we say all the time that she's too good mm-hmm. for this world I mean Tara is yes it's ridiculous but I love mm-hmm. that she's talking about getting a cat in the dorms and Willow's yeah. like is that allowed and Tara's like well no not really but it'll be a sneaky cat <laughs> I, oh my god, I love her so much. And then their conversation about it being a, a familiar versus a pet. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking about the cat. Like, it's already their joint custody cat. It's so good. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. Sweet. It's so queer. It's so wonderful. Willow's not allergic. That was really what mm-hmm. the, you know, this bid for connection was. And then Tara says good because i want my room to be willow friendly and willow Aww. says me too and then they hold hands and this is not a drill people like we have actual hand holding no and more subtext yep no more subtext it's so Yay. good it's so good i'm gonna try not to be shrill or at least like lean back from my microphone <laughs> when i squeal you have with lesbian delight yes. Oh, my God. Squeals in lesbian is just, like, my entire description. That's what, that is what I should have had as my identifier for this episode. Right. Um, Squeals in lesbian. Squeals in lesbian. It's, it's so good. It's so good. There's so much. I mean, I love, I love Willow and Tara's relationship. Full Mm -hmm. stop. I love how good they are to each other. I love Mm -hmm. the way they continue to communicate with each other even when stuff is really hard or really confusing um Mm -hmm. i mean this is like this is the the big this is i shouldn't say the big feelings episode but this is a Mm -hmm. big feelings episode when i think about what this episode is about Mm -hmm. this is an episode about feelings (laughs) oh yeah Mm -hmm. with a capital feelings um (laughs) and i just i love that i love i mean I'm here for feelings, always. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I love the complexity of yeah. this this conflict. Um, and it's because it's so real. Mm-hmm. It's so, so real. I mean, even even without the the queer storyline becoming um, textual mm-hmm. on the show in this like really powerful way. Yes. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on. I mean, Willow's big feelings about Oz coming back and it being complicated because of Tara. This is some like Joan arbitrating the weakness in me level internal conflict. Like this is. <laughs> and it's really I mean, it's so wonderful. I mean, it'd be wonderful anyway. Like uh, generally um, love triangles. Most people don't like them. I actually do. When everybody in the love triangle is great, you know, when it's not like clearly one person's a loser and the other person should choose the one. Um, I think it's really, really interesting. I love the additional conflict of nobody knows. And Tara is just, I am, you know, yours for now. Right. And that's it, you know. Um, So there's that whole like keeping it secret. There's this whole transitional space for Willow. Um, And I know that there is a lot of general upset about the idea of this being by erasure. Like she touches a woman and now she is lesbian. But I think that's how she defines and, and we should, I don't know, I, I, I probably shouldn't speak to that as a straight person. Maybe I should. Maybe this is my moment to shut the fuck up. How do you <laughs> I mean, okay, something, so, you know, I managed to reference a song that was 20 years old before mm-hmm. this episode aired, you know, like, or yeah. when this episode aired. Um, mm-hmm. But... I also feel the need to mention that the emotional complexity of the situation in this story feels contemporary and resonant mm-hmm. now, 20 yeah. years after this episode has aired, because, I mean, hats off to Marty Noxon. Like, mm-hmm. really. Um, yeah, she's amazing. I, it really, I love her so much. It really is in the writing. And I think mm-hmm. that what, what the show ends up doing with Willow's sexuality over the course of the rest of the series, mm-hmm. the, uh, there's some bi erasure there, um, including some, I would say, like self erasure, which is oh, yes. mm-hmm. super common. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that is a thing that people experience. But also, I don't know, sexuality is fluid. Gender is fluid. Mm-hmm. All of these things. I mean, it's it's one big, like, flowing river of change. I sure. That's not a very good mm-hmm. metaphor. But I like if we if we're going to look at the sexual identity piece of this episode in isolation, mm-hmm. I think it's handled absolutely beautifully um Mm -hmm. because there are feelings for willow there are there are all kinds Mm -hmm. of feelings going on and it's not this cut and dry love triangle that we so often see where one person is like this glorious paragon of romantic partnership and the other Mm -hmm. person is a total douche nozzle and this is somehow presented as a choice that the character has to make this yeah. is he literally went all over the world 
for her, like to yeah. to work on himself. So he could be better for her. So he yeah. could be with her because he loves her so right. much. I mean, that's the And without dream. the expectation, though, what I love is that he comes back and he's not like, I'm here, baby. I'm just going to claim you. Right. He talks to her about it and he's. You know, like he he checks in with Xander to be like, am I, you know, stepping in on something, right? Which is you know, super weird though. He's like, I it asked Xander, weird. and I'm like, I when? asked Xander for your hand in marriage, exactly. Like <laughs> as like, as the man, you know? right, right. But also, Although Xander I mean, is also her best friend, so you know. And Xander is also the one, really, the only one who acknowledges Oz in a concrete mm-hmm. way. I mean, Xander comes yeah. over when Oz is. You know, Oz shows yeah. up at Giles's. Xander comes over and shakes his write, hand and like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, cracks a joke. But I think it really is in this kind of like, there is a camaraderie there, and it is just a welcome back. Oh mm-hmm. God, that moment too of like, there's this beautiful reaction three beat of you know mm-hmm. Oz walks in as Giles mm-hmm. is reprimanding Anya. Um, <laughs> The Giles Anya stuff, unfortunately, I think I feel, gets kind of lost in does, all of everything so that's great. going on in this mm-hmm. episode. But it's wonderful. Um, I love them. Mm-hmm. It, they're they're fantastic. But Oz walks in, and then there's this like one, two, three reaction of "Oh shit, it's Oz!" Mm-hmm. and Allison Hannigan's silent mouth acting when Willow sees Oz in the doorway is just like, yeah, it feels so real. It feels yeah. so accurate. This like this person that she hadn't forgotten about. But as she said, mm-hmm. she goes on to say it later on, you know, she's having this experience with this other person that is so powerful and so different. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And not just because it's queer, but, you know, like she's Tara is a different kind of relationship, but she still yeah. loves Oz. And then to see him and he's all uh, and Tara's sitting right there. And I can't like I lose the ability. <laughs> to. It's so great. I, it's, it's so amazing. great. But it's can amazing. I ask you a question about it? Absolutely. Because um, what I see, of course, you know, from my very straight perspective, so I really want to hand this over to you. But the question that I have is that I think what makes this so great is that it's not written like here is our queer relationship. It is here are all of these wonderful human people who mm-hmm. are having a human experience the same yep. way as if it was a straight relationship which is what we see in heteronormative storytelling so for me from my perspective I look at that and I think yes thank you for treating all of these characters like they are people first rather than capital Q queer is that how it reads for you oh absolutely absolutely and that's one of the reasons that it I think it still feels relevant really resonant and contemporary Mm -hmm. even 20 years later is it's just these are just people in relationship. It's not right. we're not like throwing up a huge rainbow banner. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is like Tara and Willow are together now mm-hmm. and we are we're just letting that exist without yeah. um you know, without putting all of like the flashing lights around it. Now Mm-hmm. Part of the problem, of course, part of the complexity of what happens in this episode is 
because there were no flashing neon lights, like, nobody figured it out, really? Like, it takes <laughs> Oz, like, the werewolf has to figure it out because... <laughs> the werewolf has been there smell. for 15 minutes. He's yeah. been there for 15 minutes. But I love... I actually... I, I'm going to make fun of it because it is kind mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Like, no one noticed that Willow yeah. is spending a lot of time uh, with Other this... than Faith. Faith right. picked it up right away. Faith mm-hmm. is like, oh, I see the nature of this relationship. Um, exactly. But, yeah, no one, no one notices. And, of course, mm-hmm. part of that is intentional on Willow's part because she's having this internal coming out experience and this you know everything Mm -hmm. is new and different and it's really wonderful and exciting but also like you can see her not really knowing how to wrap her mind around what's going on with Tara which I think is a thing that is relevant to all relationships Mm -hmm. when you connect with someone on a level that maybe you didn't expect to connect on Mm -hmm. does that make sense Like, if someone sees something in you, like, if you have, and I think this happens in non-romantic relationships, too. I think this happens in friend relationships and, you know, family relationships. Somebody will see something in you that Mm -hmm. you didn't realize you needed to have seen and acknowledged. So Mm -hmm. Tara, Tara sees Willow and is like, you're a really powerful witch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, essentially. And Willow's like oh, holy shit, yes, I am. And mm-hmm. I want to be seen and acknowledged for that magical power. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I got all, I got off my original line of speechifying. No, I love it. <laughs> I got I love off it. my original line of speechifying about, you know, how, like, part of the reason, and this is why, like, fucking Marty Noxon. Uh-huh. I love it so much. It's so complex because on the one hand, you do sort of feel like, really, guys, like nobody figured it out. But also mm-hmm. Willow is just figuring out, figuring it out herself. Yes. And she straight up says, like, I like having this thing that nobody knows about. That this, is just for her for this just, moment. That's not. And about she has a being, right to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not about being the support person for Buffy, because that's something we've right. talked about a lot on on this podcast that. Willow is a great support person for Buffy mm-hmm. and their friendship is incredible in a lot of ways. And this relationship with Tara is a is an opportunity for Willow, I think. I think. Mm-hmm. I get the sense that this is Willow feeling like the protagonist in her own life for the first time. Yes. Yeah. Right. Not the sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And as there's... her power grows as well. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's I mean, it's so it's so richly layered and I love it so much. And mm-hmm. I I think it's a little bit goofy that Oz is the one who like immediately figures it out. But I also kind of love but the I way love he figures that it out. He does. Yeah. I lo- well, and I love the way he figures it out. Like you can mm-hmm. see registering on um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Seth Green. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I love the way you see registering on Seth Green's face that Oz is figuring it out. He's like, wait, I saw mm-hmm. you at Giles's. Wait a second. Right. When, she comes, <laughs> when she comes to the to the room after Willow goes to the bathroom, right? You can see there's a look on his face where he's like, huh? Like he's taking in the data. He knows yeah. something's up. You yeah. know, so I mean, he's he's picking up on things, 
in a really nice way. And I like that he does. It shows, again, like that he is so connected to Willow and that he pays attention to her. Yes. You know, and I love that that she is the star of the show in his world. You yeah. know, like she is she is the main player on the stage. Um, and I've always loved that about Oz. Yeah. Yeah. And it it really does make it a difficult situation for Willow. Like, mm-hmm. I feel her struggle because. Yeah. He comes back. So not only does this person that she has been you know, that she feels incredibly connected to has been missing, who left, Mm -hmm. you know, like left her just like broken hearted. He's like, I have to go. And she's like, really? You have to? (laughs) Like, she is so heartbroken when he leaves that first time. Mm -hmm. And so then to have him come back and this is the thing she wanted. Yeah. Except not anymore. And it feels so... It's like this is how you do a love triangle, essentially. Oh, like yeah. I mean Yeah. That's this is how a love triangle is done well. People hate love triangles and for good reason, because they're done shitty a lot of the time. <laughs> but when they're done well, when everybody involved is awesome and you are actually experiencing the internal conflict along with the person who's the pinnacle of the triangle, that's beautiful. And that's a wonderful like story to explore. I love that. It's Fantastic. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. There are a couple of little things, too, that I just love as we're, you know, we're like letting all of this love triangleness kind of work mm-hmm. itself out in this episode. We get yeah. this fantastic little, like, I want to call it like an oral Easter egg when yeah. Riley and Buffy are walking in the cemetery and uh, Buffy says Oz and Willow had a rough breakup and then there's this growling and I'm like, yeah, that's it's pretty Veruca, much what Although Veruca's dead, but it was like, you know, the ghost of Veruca. Right, the, the ghost yeah. of Veruca. He's like, yeah, who even? Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that that delights me. Mm-hmm. Willow and Oz walking outside. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of walking outside yes, in this there episode. Is. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I did not do my research. I didn't take the time to like track all of that. But of course, it starts with. Well, we have Buffy and w- Riley, and yeah, yeah, and Willow and Tara open Willow the episode walking together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Oz and Willow, and it's a full moon, of course. And he says, yes. "I guess you stopped keeping track of them after I left." I'm sorry. This is one moment that really pulls me out of the episode. I refuse to believe that Willow Rosenberg, budding witch in love with Tara McClay, which from birth would not know, it was a full moon. Pulls me right out. Right out. Yeah, I I completely I mean, think I think you're absolutely right. The only thing is that Oz isn't wolfy. And so it can be, and with all the distraction from Oz showing up, like, I believe that she would, I believe that maybe for a moment she just kind of forgot that -hmm. it was a full moon, you Mm -hmm. know, rather than, like, she stopped keeping track because the boy was not there, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah. It was also in the days before astrology apps when you could, like, really Mm -hmm. trivially know what the moon was doing at any given time. What the moon was doing, But, I mean, I'm sorry. A witch would know. A witch would know. I have friends who text me and say, when are we getting our period? You know, like that's yeah. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the witchy perspective I'm coming from. So whatever, right. it's fine. But it's <laughs> it's a beautiful moment because we get to mm-hmm. see oh, the development yeah. of this, this conflict for Willow because she's so excited. And then she hugs him. Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, Allison Hannigan. 
Their mm-hmm. bodies touch and she's like she's been elated. They hug and you see it register on her face. Like yeah. they touch and you can just feel all of that like sense memory coming back of, mm-hmm. again, like this is the thing I wanted, right? This is the person I thought I wanted. And I'm feeling some of those old feelings, but it doesn't quite feel the same. And it's this small moment of performance. Mm-hmm. And the, the music helps, of course. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man, it's just... Uh, I can't not be in my feelings in this episode. That's the, the whole I thing. I love it. It's um, a great episode. And it is so. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like the the emotional weight in this episode is so. And part of it is that Allison Hannigan is this. Um, like you give her an emotional thing to do and she will fucking do it. Like oh my God. she's unbelievable. Her ability to connect with that emotion and to express it physically and, and on her facial expressions is I mean, like Willow never cries alone with me. Like if Willow yeah. cries, I'm crying. It's just pretty much. The show goes. Yeah. And I think it's I think really there good. is a. I want to say there's like a global community of us too, right? <laughs> like at any given moment, at uh-huh. any given moment, if you are watching Buffy and crying because Willow is crying, like someone else mm-hmm. is crying with yes. you. This is just mm-hmm. how it works. This is Willow how we never know we're cries community. Alone. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. But, you know, it's funny. Like, I talk a lot about Alison Hannigan and her abilities Uh as an actor. And she's, I mean, she's incredible. But there are no weak links on this show Mm -hmm. at all. I mean, you know, I mentioned... I mentioned Seth Green doing Oz, you know, mm-hmm. sort of slowly figuring it out. You know, the I saw yeah. you at Giles's yesterday. And he's like putting it together. Like, why would these two ladies be hanging out in the same place right. at the same time? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when um, when Buffy comes back to the room mm-hmm. and Willow, you know, we see this like really, really mm-hmm. complicated, like, internal oh my god I have to say out loud this thing about Tara you can Mm -hmm. see her you can she has figured it out for herself but you can see that she's never said it out loud to anyone before and that is a full body goosebumps kind of Mm -hmm. moment and then Buffy doesn't know like Sarah Michelle Gellar again with the physical performance like doesn't know what to do with her hands doesn't quite Mm -hmm. know how to stand um, it's great, Will. There, no, that's good, Will. Yeah, it's that's fine. great, Will. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many moments throughout the series, but I think of this mm-hmm. episode in particular, where on the page, I can't imagine the lines looked like a whole lot. Yeah. And it was really up to the actors to make a lot of these choices. Now, I know, mm-hmm. you know, directors are influential here as well. And there are, um, mm-hmm. you know, writers do put directions in screenplays and teleplays for yeah. actors but but there's a lot of the subtlety in the mm-hmm. facial expressions in the physicality that just communicates that yeah the depth of the emotions so well and all of these actors who are all very young incidentally yeah. when they're doing mm-hmm. this like this is not you yeah. know this it's a very it's a, a series of very mature performances from mm-hmm. people who are are relatively young in the grand scheme of things. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, it just impresses the hell out of me. <laughs> the yeah. combination, the combination of the writing with all of this care that has been mm-hmm. put into telling the story about 
identity and relationship and the conflict of getting what you want, but then realizing that maybe it's not what you wanted. Oh, now, or it's not that. what you Joss want Sweden anymore. does that really well. Oh, Give somebody my. what they want. Absolutely. Because yeah. it always ends up being a monkey's paw, you know? Oh, yeah. my God. Or so a good. werewolf's paw, as or it were. Or a werewolf's paw, if you will. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But then... Okay, there's something I don't know what to do with in this episode that I am yeah. sure you will. I'm sure you will have um, feelings about because I've read your script. Uh-huh. It's this conversation between Willow and Oz at the end where they're sitting in the van, yeah. and he said, and it's the mm-hmm. "you bring it out of me" stuff. Yes, and then she, and then the like, it's my fault. What are yeah. we doing here? Like, I'm not. It's my fault. I upset you. Yeah. Which, by the way, is pretty much verbatim what abuse victims say to try to take some control over the yeah. situation when they're finding themselves abused. Um, and the you bring it out in me, uh, you know, why do you make me? I mean, didn't we go through this in Beauty and the Beast in season three? Right. You know, you bring this. You make me into a beast. You you know, this this right. thing. We, we, okay. we already yeah. played this scene with acknowledgement and understanding that that wasn't okay and then to have it said from both willow and oz who are are people who usually see things in the in the right way you know in the in the way that that they should be seen um to have them both kind of slide into that narrative at the end is is a bit of a it was a bit of an all caps moment for me in the script (laughs) you might say it was an all caps oh my god i cannot even with this 50 points from gryffindor you know um so it's one of these things i I mean in this circumstance like oz is not an abuser you know um right but the idea that he goes all woofy and, 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 you know, oh, well, that's good because we know you'll never upset me, you know, um, that he can control his wolf, you know, under the full moon, which is the influence that brings out the werewolf, the mystical thing that does right. it, right? He can control that, but he can't control, you know, being upset about Willow. Um, so I think it's supposed to be romantic, you know, and that idea that like, you know, this, this, I beat you because of the love, because I love you so much yeah. is why I hit you, you know, um, and it's your fault and you bring it out of me and all this kind of stuff that I find, um, I find highly upsetting at the same time, given the context of everything else in this episode, I usually do tend to kind of let it go, you know, like, it's it's not the message that was that it was intended. Um, it is a message that we get a lot and something that definitely needs to be looked at critically. Um, but uh, in an episode where so much else was so beautifully, beautifully done, uh, it's it's not one of those things where like you're hit with this the whole way through and then I end up having a rage episode. You know, <laughs> like I I for this like it is an all caps moment for me. No, you know, and calling it out, but I think I can let that go, especially because what the rest of the episode does is so beautiful and so wonderful, and Tara is too good for oh all God. of us. Nobody deserves Tara. Like she is. 
so wonderful in this episode. And I absolutely freaking love, I love uh, Amber Benson's uh, portrayal of her. I love the way that I want my room to be Willow friendly. I love, I love when they're in the Scooby meeting and Willow is over explaining. She's scoop-splaining to Tara through the whole thing, which is just kind of adorable. But I also love that Tara is officially a Scooby. She ran the spell last week with Giles. That was her initiation. She is in. I love it. I love her being officially a part of things. And now we're we're pulling her in. And and also the, the coming out in this episode that we understand textually you know what's going on and what the relationship is with Willow and Tara. Um, I love, I love all of it. You know, and I mean, even as they're taking Oz away after he has attacked her, right? Oh God, she yeah. tries desperately to get somebody to listen to her, which of course it's Forrest, so he won't because she's a woman, right? You know. Yeah. Um, she tries to explain. No, he's a person. Like this thing that just tried to kill me because I am sleeping with his ex girlfriend. Um, that's a very complicated situation. And had Tara not said anything, it definitely would have been wrong. But she is working so hard to save the man who just tried to kill her. Um, you know, I just I I love all of it. And my new daily prayer is may I someday be a human being who could possibly be worthy of Tara McClay. Um, I'll never get there. But I think it's really good to have lofty goals. <laughs> Tara, I mean, the the Terra appreciation or the Terra appreciation yeah. yes. <laughs> is so strong here. Yeah. I mean, I I love her advocating for Oz when he's yes. you know, a werewolf and his And then just... rushing to find Willow yep. to save him, you know? Yep. I love that. Yes. And they mm, there's so much there's so much that's so good in terms of like conversations that don't need to be had like Tara Mm -hmm. is a Scooby now and maybe there was a conversation about hey Tara's a really powerful witch and she ran the spell and you know kicked ass and maybe we should Mm -hmm. like just keep her around all the time I don't know maybe that happened maybe it didn't but I love that we just like (laughs) fold her into the group yeah in this Mm -hmm. really beautiful seamless way I love I love everything about Tara in this episode. Mm-hmm. I love her trying so hard to be cool yeah. around Oz when she is obviously not cool. You know, yes. her little, he sees her in the hallway and he says, hey, and she's like, hey, in this way that I, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like I am trying to be casual and nothing and my affect is casual right now. Um, yeah. And I really, I, this is this is so goofy, but mm-hmm. I appreciate the fake out with Tara throwing the chair at Oz. Like, oh, I, yeah. I know that it's just that timing of the initiative happened to hit him right. with the trank dart at the same time that she hit him with the chair. But first of all, fair play to Tara. Like, good throw. Yeah. Um, I appreciate this half second where we think, like, maybe Tara has done something, like, has physically badass. Has vending machine to that chair in a right. way that, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, oh, my God. And then, of course, you know, of course, Forrest won't give her the time of day. Forrest says, you're in shock, but then leaves yeah. her alone. Yes. You don't leave someone in shock alone. Like, don't the initiative, right. like, okay, the initiative has a giant tinfoil pit, right? Yes. Don't they have, like, <laughs> medics? Or at least or a like, warming blanket or, yeah, or somebody like, to deal with the victims of these attacks when they well, happen. Yeah. Okay, so presumably 
civilians occasionally see things that the initiative is trying to do. Right. Do they not have like a men in black flashy thingy? Like nothing? They're just going to walk away <laughs> with well, this I werewolf mean, like NBD? I think, I think the world building is, and we've we've seen this because we've had a lot of civilians, you know, pre-initiative who have witnessed things and they always explain it away. That the, the you know, the mind rationalizes what it has seen into something that it can understand. And most people can't understand vampires and demons and all that kind of stuff. So I think that like the the initiative is probably playing into, you know, that phenomenon and just, you know, leaving people in their shock to rewrite sure. their memories and <laughs> do it just, themselves. They'll do just their own. like tra-la-la, nothing the flashy, to see here. Like, the flashy memory thing is actually built into the psychological operating system of humans. So we'll oh, just do it ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. I guess. <laughs> it kind of is tell me. It kind of is. You trying to tell me that I flashy thinged myself all those times when like something Oh, really... I flashy thinged myself a million times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word yeah oh, my word. yeah okay. we kind of do it to ourselves yeah yeah um so but speaking of performances not that we were mm-hmm. we we were a while ago and now yeah, i'm looping we'll us back. back around because that that's is what right. you, that is how you do a seamless transition that's folks. right <laughs> um is amber benson doing like a thing with her posture as tara uh-huh. yeah i Tara's think she is oaf- it's so fascinating. Tara has, mm-hmm. Tara's overall look is very soft. Like she wears pastels mm-hmm. and flowy things yeah. and lots of light denim and long skirts. And yes, I know it's like the early aughts and that's what a lot mm-hmm. of people were wearing. Um, yeah. But then her upper body just looks so rigid mm-hmm. a lot of the time, particularly yeah. when she and Willow are walking together until they hold hands. And then mm-hmm. it's like her whole affect just softens there's something going on i mean like is i guess my question really is did anyone else notice this is amber benson just a fucking genius actor and i somehow didn't know like until this viewing i thought it was just like when i first started you know when uh tara first started coming in i thought that amber benson was just holding herself awkwardly that she was just extremely conscious of her arms like all the time you know because it kind of feels like that but then you do see that she relaxes and start like in the same way that she's got the stutter sometimes and then it goes away like it goes away when she's confident it goes away when she's doing a spell you know like when she's in her element and so you really do kind of see her physically representing an awkwardness with Tara where she almost seems to feel at odds with the world, except under certain circumstances in certain contexts, you know, when they're doing a spell, when she's with Willow, you know, when she's comfortable with Willow. Like, um, so I think it is, I think it is a conscious choice that Amber Benson makes. I think it's really interesting. Fascinating. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I can't like, I can't immediately call to mind another, um, instance of this in performances that I've seen mm-hmm. and I just I love it but it is yeah. fascinating to watch like she mm-hmm. looks like you almost want to like shield her from the world yeah. <laughs> there's like yeah like oh like you don't know like you don't quite belong let me wrap here. you in bubble wrap my poor little darling yeah right 
I mean, mm-hmm. and it, that same kind of softening of her affect also happens vocally um, mm-hmm. at a couple of key points in this episode in particular, actually, when when Willow yeah. tells Tara that nothing happened, um, mm-hmm. even though she and Oz were together all night. And Tara just has like all of the feelings under the surface. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. says, oh, and you see her physically relax. And then she yeah. says, really? And this like really oh. like, I can't, I don't really want to let myself believe that, but mm-hmm. I trust you. It's, oh my God, right. it's so good. I, I, mm-hmm. I freaking love this episode, y'all. I love it so much. <laughs> and then at the end, oh my God, the ending of this episode yeah. is, it is Noel catnip. Like if you want to make <laughs> something that I will just worship, oh, oh my God, I want to roll around on the floor and kick my feet in the air to the end of this episode. Oh. <laughs> that little oh yes that she says mm-hmm. at the yeah. end and it's like a sigh of relief and delight and arousal all at the same mm-hmm. time in two words. And I I mean, I guess I just have to call it right here. Amber Benson, genius actor, y'all. Yeah. I, no, I mean, she's really wonderful. But the end of oh, this episode, Lonnie, this, I can't. I know. <laughs> I'm also, I have to say, I am terribly envious of those of you who got to watch this unfold in real time. Oh, like, can you imagine having to wait a week for the next Buffy episode? Oh, my God. I don't think I would have made it. Under the candle right now, right now. And then the candle. And you're like, oh, my God, they're doing this thing. I know. I love that moment so much. I love that moment. I mean, you know, yeah. But you're absolutely right. Because to be honest, I was also hanging on every word of the Tara, Tara Willow dialogue this morning. So if I had seen this at seventeen, I probably would have exploded. (laughs) I think. I think maybe you might have. Yeah. I think maybe you might have. It might be a little bit too much. But yeah. Now, when I (laughs) when I got into Buffy, it was after the it was after the show had ended. The first time I watched it, so I got to just binge it. You know, with the DVDs back in the days of Netflix DVDs. Yes, uh, that's how old I am. Oh, and they would send Um, you the little red envelope. The little red envelope. Yep. And then I would, I would put the, I do watch the first DVD, then I throw it in the mail and start binging the other two, so that I get the next one as quickly as possible. um, Right. Try to try to watch them all at once because it was kind of it was an obsession. It really, really was. Um, (laughs) But here's the thing, though, with Tara. Is have we gone an episode, and I think maybe we we have one or maybe two episodes with that have Tara in them in which she has not been damseled because she gets damseled constantly. It's like it's like Giles getting knocked out in season one. Like every time Tara is yeah. damseled, and I'm like, ugh, you know, can yeah, we not? I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm racking my brain, but of course I can't remember anything because I'm still like, I'm still oh. hanging on the right now. Still in, like, <laughs> right now. Oh God, I love that so much. I know. I know. I don't know. We got to go. I got to go through and do a, do a Tara Damsel encounter. But, um, oh, for sure. But yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's something that after a while I'm like, oh my God, could we just not please? But, um, but anyway, Tara, of course, is way too good for the world. And so, of course, she must be threatened by it constantly to, you know, to like really show us all that deep vulnerability or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. It's a bit much, though. I get I get a little tired of it. She's been attacked constantly. Um, and if I was her, I would just walk around with a baseball bat just always because well, something's going to so, be coming out after. It's so interesting because sometimes mm-hmm. like even as she is being chased and terrified, she manages to 
like lob a spell. Not in this episode, yeah. but she like yeah. we don't we kind of don't give her credit for that because she like literally is always being well, chased by the monster. Yeah, then yeah. she fog up the the place and hush, and then they did the vending machine together. So, yeah, but she's she's been kind of helplessly damseled a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I mean, uh, her helplessness is is when she's throwing spells. I'm like, okay, you know, okay, she's 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 a bad bitch. She can do it, you know. Oh, for um, sure. But but when we're just like, oh no, Tara, you know, um, it's one right? of those things that like after a while it gets a little old. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But, it but yeah. it, I mean, in this episode specifically, it feels important because yeah, of, we, we have because a reason we for it make, here. Yeah, we have a great reason for it. That relationship mm-hmm. with between Oz and what Tara means to Willow. Like, I love right. the way he says, mm-hmm. is she in love with you? Like, yes. it's. Oh, I also love that he's not upset because Tara's a woman, you know, like that doesn't seem to be an issue for him at all, which I really, really appreciate. Yeah. You know, it's that like that he would have reacted the same way if she had been a man, you know, if Tara had been a man that Willow was with. Um, So I actually really like that it is as for Oz. He doesn't seem to blink an eye. That it's a yeah. woman. Like, that's not an issue for him at all. And I really, really appreciate that. And it's, of course, yeah. one of the things that makes me love Oz even more. And I always, always super love Oz. Yeah, the anger and frustration that Oz feels or the, the you know, emotional mm-hmm. floodedness that Oz feels is not about, and she left yeah. me for a woman, which is something that we woman. do see in fiction, especially in the early aughts, yeah. which is real depressing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not this like, it's not this like, my, I have to be violent and scary because my manhood is in question. It literally is. Yeah. Oh, no. Not only are they involved, but yeah, they're in love. And that for Oz love, is just too, right. like, he just can't handle it. But it's interesting because you mentioned, you know, if Tara, if Willow's new sweetheart were a guy, mm-hmm. would would this like would this play out in the same way? I don't think it would. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would at all. I don't know. I, mean, I think that Oz Oz's reaction. I think there are things that because Tara is a woman that affect the way in which the story is told. But I, I I feel like Oz's reaction would have been the same if it had been a guy. He would have figured it out a lot sooner, though, because you know everybody would have figured it out. Yeah, a lot because because they're, <laughs> because they're because it's a heteronormative heterosexuality space. goggles. Like... Exactly, hetero goggles are always always on. Um, so I think that that you know that surprise of it, I think, is because of the context of it being you know a gay relationship. But I think that Oz's reaction would have been the same because that's how you know. I mean, well, I don't know how did he react to Xander. Right? He just walked away with Xander. Yeah. He didn't go wolfy on Xander. True. Yeah, but he also hadn't been suppressing the wolf on Xander. Right. He couldn't control it either. Right. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. But I do think that we do we don't have that moment with Oz where he's like, but you're a girl, you know, or like all that. Or like, you know, where he's like, oh, she left me for a woman. And yeah. that somehow says something about my masculinity. Like he didn't make it about him. Um, and and I kind of I liked that. I appreciated that we didn't have that in this. Um 
But another thing that, uh, you know, we had in this episode that I didn't really care about was the whole Spike and Adam thing. (laughs) Oh, dear God. It's not a big storyline here that Spike is now working with Adam to gain the trust of the Scooby so he can thwart the day away. But, you know, it's happening. Like, this starts in this episode. Um, And the thing that I find really funny is that, you know me, right? I am delighted every time Spike is on screen. (laughs) But Adam's charisma dampening effect even (laughs) works on James Marsters. Like, that's how strong this shit is. And these are the only Spike scenes, I think, in the entire run of the series, not including season five of Angel. There's some Spike scenes in season five of Angel that I also don't care about. But like that, I don't care. Like during these moments with Spike, it is a Spike scene and I don't care. That's how bad Adam is. Yeah, that's intense. There's some great <laughs> Spike though when he shows up there at Giles's and that oh, like flirty God, yes. little someone dangerous could get in. I'm like, Ooh, oh. Spike and Giles. <laughs> I know, I like it. <laughs> when Buffy's like someone formerly dangerous and currently annoying, you know, and he just gives her that little look. Oh my God. Now, I love now. that. Wow, he's so now, sassy. Now. He's so sassy. That. But you're right. Like when Spike and Adam are together, I'm like, oh my God, make it stop. I don't care. Like, I don't care. And that is so strange. Like, I never realized before that there is a scene with Spike in it, and I don't care. And I'm like, that's how that just speaks to how bad. Adam is and how like I how much I don't care about Adam nobody cares about Adam Adam is terrible like in Adam every has a possible door way. in the side of his head that connects to coaxial cable did you notice that yes. oh that yeah. was that oh, I, yeah. I, I I'm like oh yeah I, uh, uh, you know it's they like didn't a parody have of itself then yeah <laughs> No, I mean, my favorite thing is, you know, from the episode a couple of episodes ago where he's just like consuming zip drives in his pectorals, you know, it's just, yes, it's crazy. Oh it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's the whole Adam thing is just full on nutty. Um, I guess, I guess, too, speaking of things I don't care about, we could talk a little bit about Riley. Right. But, but I mean, because. OK, but how do you feel? There is one Adam line, probably in the whole run oh. of Adam that I do love. What is it? Oh, the- he says Scout's honor. Boy Scout. And Spike says, you were a Boy Scout? And Adam uh-huh. says, parts of me. Parts of me. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, that is. Although that makes me wonder, though, like, does he have, he has, he is made up of a bunch of parts, right? Totally. Um. So first of all, like, how does he identify? Does he identify as cyborg or as demon or as human <laughs> or like a mix of all of these things? Like, right. what is he, what is he remembering? Like, the human seems to be the part that he's remembering in this particular instance because he was a Boy Scout. But did he also, does he also remember like demon experiences? Is the brain part of him the human part? Like, <laughs> I, I have, uh, but it's, also like you've talked about body memory before, right? right? That we carry, uh, our memory isn't just in our brains and in our heads. It's also in our bodies. And right. his body is made of a lot of shit, you know, some of it literal memory, like RAM, yeah. you know? Well, um, and like, what yeah. is the point of making a creature out of multiple other creatures if not to take advantage of these different All parts, God, that sounds right. weird. It's, and gross. Uh, it is, but it is. It's it's I mean, pretty terrible. Yeah. Okay, but like this is the so so body memory. Like speaking of the like the weird 
nerdiness that lives in my headspace. So he (laughs) says, he says Scout's Honor, and he does the three finger that we've all seen. Um, And I'm looking at that, you know, and Spike says, you are a Boy Scout, except that the gesture that Adam does is the Girl Scout gesture. (gasps) Right. You went down a little rabbit hole on this one. I did. This is, okay, this is my favorite thing that happens. I love that you pretty when I glom onto something minor that has no bearing on the story or the composition. I love lots of things you do, and this is my favorite. Yes. (laughs) This is the kind of shit I do. So I'm like, wait a minute. I know that gesture. I was a Girl Mm -hmm. Scout. So I went down a web rabbit hole and the difference yeah. between boy scouts and girl scouts appears to be the mm-hmm. right angle of the elbow so the boy <gasps> scout hand signal has the elbow straight out from the shoulder and the girl uh-huh. scout hand signal has the hand roughly at the height of the shoulder so elbow kind of down by your right. side as opposed well, to straight we're out presuming that his left arm is or his right arm is male maybe his right arm is female demon who was a girl who scout. knows and, Maybe. you know, so so if it really is just like this angle of the elbow thing, I mean, presumably yeah. the non-binary and gender queer scout salutes are when your elbow is anywhere between down by your side and raised to 90 degrees. Like, who even knows? This is the kind of shit that I pay attention to. And I love it. Sorry, not sorry, I guess. I love it. I mean, that's that's what I have. That's what I I have. I love that you do that research. It never would have occurred to me because I was a Girl Scout back in the day, but I don't remember the difference. Do you remember the Girl Scout? Scout Do you remember the the little, what is it? The little oath? I don't remember. Oh, no. Do you remember the oath? Yeah, the oath. On my honor. Okay, everybody, everybody, Girl Scout hand signal. (laughs) Three fingers up. On my honor, I will Uh, try. Is that? Yes. To serve God and my country. To uh-huh. help people at all times and to live by the Girl Scout law. Oh, my goodness. Wow. All I remember is on my honor, I will try. And I can't even say that that's <laughs> on my honor. actual that's, memory. But, Lonnie, that's actually a great oath just for life. Because that's on a complete thought. On, on my honor, try. I will try. <laughs> you know what? And absolutely. I am down with that. On my honor, I will try. I will try. <laughs> I will try. I will fail a lot, but I will try. I will fail, but I will try. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right. So speaking of failure, um, I guess we're talking about Riley. (laughs) Um, You can't do that. That's not fair. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll give you a moment. But Riley. I need a minute. Okay. That was fantastic. Anyway, thank you, thank you. Every now and again, I can get, I can catch a segue. It's like catching well, the a wave. Writer, and surfing, every right? now and then, the writer brain sits up and takes notice yes. in a big way, and then you just go with it. And I love it. And then you just run with. Speaking it. of shit, you do that delights me. Anyway, oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> um, so Riley, right? Uh, here's the, his whole bigoted thing, oh, right? God. You know, gotta say, I'm surprised. I didn't think Willow was that kind of girl. Um, and then he says, I'm just saying, it's weird to date someone who tries to eat you once a month. And my thing is, if it's only once a month, break up. Um, <laughs> stop dating I mean, that person. Everybody yes. likes different stuff, but yes, I hear what you're this saying. Is true. I support this your is true. life decisions. <laughs> This is true. If if you like, okay, let's I, just we'll just leave that where it is. I'm gonna leave that where it is. Um, dining al fresco, it's fine. Fine, whatever. Yeah, it's, you, go. it's all good. Uh, <laughs> Buffy has been with Riley. This is the thing that that 
again, like there's so many things about this relationship with Riley that just like it feels like the writers knew this relationship was no good the whole time because Buffy has been with Riley all this time. Right. They have fallen in love. They have said the L word. They are absolutely in it. Right. And he still doesn't know that she used to be madly in love with a vampire with a soul. Like that seems like the kind of thing that you would talk about in a relationship. Now, if you're just sleeping with somebody, you know, fine. But this is a love. You are my person relationship. Right. So that's me. I mean, that's how it's presented. Yes. Right. And I, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine that because I am not a secret keeper as anybody who has listened to me for any period of time. <laughs> there is nothing in my life that y'all don't know about. Nothing. Like, I, you know, I even <laughs> talk to, like, the public. Like, I am I'm always, like, one of these, like, very, very open people. Um, and I think that, that things that are private and things that you keep to yourself are legit, even in close relationships. But to me, like, this feels uh, relevant, like, your, your sexual <laughs> romantic history, I think, are relevant to your current romantic partner, especially somebody that you are with who is your person. You know, like, once you're at the I'm your person thing, I feel like those things are, are relevant and need to be discussed, right? I mean, Is yes. that true or is it just me the way that I am? Well, okay. Here's, I guess... All right. I have many thoughts. <laughs> yes. No, please do. I have many I think thoughts. I, I do feel like I'm wrong. No. Because I have this I thing about secrets, too, or like not telling the whole story. But it's, well, it's because of my personal history yeah. that I have a really, really strong reaction to that that I don't feel as legit. It's one of the things that I, I'm, well, let me have Lonnie's therapy moment. It's one of these things <laughs> that I'm legitimately like struggling with right now, right? You know, it's like how much does somebody, is somebody have to tell me? And for right now, it's everything. Like, right. because otherwise it really, really freaks me out because of the abusive relationship that I that I had. So I think I'm wrong, but I, I really want to hear as I as I talk I over you. I really want no, 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 no. to say about this. <laughs> well, they, I'm like, so the sorry. A- yes. Well, the actual first thing I want to say, which you may <laughs> want to edit out of the podcast, yeah. is that you are a total open book like 99.9% of the time, every now and then, we'll just be like mid-conversation about something and I'll just like throw something out there and you'll be like, oh yeah, I've done that. And I'm like, what? Like, oh, oh, how oh. Is, yeah, that's like, different because there's something this... that I forget to tell. It's if so funny though. Right. Be- if I've forgotten be- to tell you if it's if it's relevant at all, though, you know, I will share everything. Like, oh, yeah, I've done that's that. And I'm like, what? what? I do, right? Wait. Yeah. Just, I was having this. Yeah. Anyway, so I am a surprise. <laughs> plot twist. Hey. <laughs> then you just yell plot twist and run away. Plot right? twist. That's... All right, I will <laughs> throw down a smoke bomb and <laughs> plot twist and run. Escape yeah. on a motorcycle, <laughs> rappel down the side of a building, you know, like normal stuff that people do yeah. in friendships. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay. But Buffy and Riley, there's been we've alluded to Buffy talking with Riley about some of the angel mm-hmm. stuff when Faith was an issue. Mm-hmm. Willow and Buffy are having a conversation and Willow says, what did you tell him about angel? And Buffy says something to the effect of like just the broad strokes. Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah. Just the <laughs> like. <laughs> 
<laughs> Just the broad strokes, if you know what I mean. There you go. Um, there you go. But Buffy says something about, like, she glossed over mm-hmm. the details. Yeah. Like, I... Uh, but it is... It's presented, I think, in this episode as, like, this is everybody's coming out episode. It's not yeah. just, it's not yeah. just Willow saying out loud to someone else, Tara mm-hmm. and I have a relationship. It's also mm-hmm. Buffy getting to this place where she feels like she can tell Riley the details of this super mm-hmm. important relationship that she had with a ensouled vampire and also mm-hmm. Riley's coming out moment about where he wants to be on the side of initiative versus not yeah. initiative. Mm-hmm. So it's, I feel like it fits in with the, with the kind of, I don't know, the, the friction yeah. in the Buffy Riley relationship of like initiative versus mm-hmm. Scooby's. Right. Like, I buy that she wouldn't have told him because, I mean, I wouldn't have told him. Like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, oh, this dude, like, he looks great doing push ups and he's real sweet in a lot of ways, but I'm not going to tell him about the insoled vampire I used to fuck. No. Like, that's not, no. If he's, if he's not your person. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, up until the I love you, you're the one, that shit. Right, I'm completely. Yeah, absolutely. She doesn't. Owe Do they him an, have an that conversation though? Yeah, I think they have. Have they had? Although that actually, they because... don't talk. They don't. Right? Because they... well, because he said he loved her, but he said it to Faith without realizing that it was Faith. Right. And then, and then they did not. They specifically did not talk, which is Buffy did not want to talk. Right. Um. In in Superstar, so yeah. But they, but they do seem to be like, this is my person. This is my boyfriend. This is my, you know, like they they're... seem really coupley. And I mean, I mean, they're clearly exclusive and very like together, you know. So yeah, I don't <laughs> as know. evidenced by that scene where they wake up in the morning and she is pissed immediately, All like she's right. still mad. How many? T- <laughs> like I. I feel like I owe several people a public apology for that exact behavior. That of exact like, thing, right. Like, yeah. he says, mm-hmm. he's like, I've been up for all of, like, two minutes, and you're already completely already pissed, pissed off at me. And I'm like, right. oh, shit, I have done that. Like, I have, Yeah, I think oops. we've all done that. Sorry, everyone. I think everyone. we've all done that. I it happens. You. It happens. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, but I was just going to say that their relationship dynamic is this kind of weird push-pull of, like, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen Riley say, even in the previously on a couple of times, you know, you're strong. I like it. Like, he likes mm-hmm. the idea of being involved with Buffy. But then, like, does he really? Does he really, though? Does yeah. he really? Well, because, and then he says, you know, they're hanging out at the... They're hanging out at the exploded Sunnydale High School, which I think is an interesting choice, but okay. Mm-hmm. And he says something to the effect of, like, you can tell me anything. And I'm like, can she, though, dude? Like, really? Like, can she? Well, clearly she? she doesn't think that she can because yeah. she hasn't, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it did come up and she gave him the Cliff's Notes, the very, very heavily <laughs> edited Cliff's Notes, you know, um, I think about that. So, um, So I find that just really kind of, interesting but uh, 
But this I mean, is not a great relationship. Buffy and Riley not. are not an example of how to do a relationship. Like they do not right. have conversations about things that are probably relevant to right. their lives. Like, right. you know, which makes it really know. hard to accept him as the big love story now. You know, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't know. It feels a little. And then and then we have this moment, of course, with Riley's I'm an anarchist thing, which he is not <laughs> because being anti evil doesn't mean being anti military or anti government. And I, I feel mean, like I a normal it depends day, on how you define evil. <laughs> uh, well, OK. OK. Fair enough. I mean, but it's depe- a different like, podcast. Not not anti specific government. <laughs> At this, at the, but but yeah, like a government, uh, like theoretical anti. I mean, that's what anarchist is against. Like you know, the the organized running of things by a centralized government. But um, I feel like on a normal day, Riley would like appreciate that he hadn't changed, but the initiative or what he stood understood the initiative to be had actually changed. And right. yet here he is because because this guy called them an them anarchists, and he said uh-huh. I'm an anarchist, and I don't think he really meant that he's an anarchist, but something about that, I was just like, eh, you know, whatever. No, this is supposed to be Riley's big moment, his big standing up, and he's like, I'm an anarchist, punch in the face. I actually kind of love it. I love I'm it. I'm glad that you love it. I'm I glad love it, it, because... didn't, it didn't really ring for me, but I like that you liked it. It's kind of, I, I find it enjoyable. I also find it very, it, it, there's something kind of sweet about Riley's coming out moment of like, you know, because his colonel has said, like, no woman's worth it. Uh-huh, you know, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm an anarchist while he's punching this dude, which really yeah. means like, yeah, bro, this woman is worth it. In yeah. an episode that's really about like women being worth it on some level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of I, nice. I mean, I like it. But I'm glad you like it. But we all know that I have a I have a weird soft spot for Riley. <laughs> I'm so glad that you do because I don't and I just get sick of hearing myself bitch about Riley all the time and I can imagine some people in the audience do too so I'm really really glad that you're there to like appreciate Riley for I enjoy him he's I mean he's a big golden retriever of a dude but he's like (laughs) he's like okay y'all like super I don't know I don't know he's he's trying like, yeah, he's, I don't, he's on his honor. He will try. Exactly. I don't. I'm not in the business of giving out gold stars and cookies to cishet white men who are just trying so hard. But I don't know. <laughs> Something about Riley. I think it's I'm the. Glad. I think it's the shirtless push-ups. I think I get distracted by God, it's punks so funny. doing push-ups first thing in the morning. Anyway, moving on. I I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, okay, one more thing is that I've I've talked a bit about my bizarro curly hair Buffy theory, right? That when her hair is curly, we know that the world is fundamentally different, right? Which has been true up until like last week and this week. You know, um, so like it's one of these things where like, yeah, OK, you know, it's 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 the theory has been ruined. They're not deliberately curling her hair only when something weird is going on. You know, when something know. supernaturally weird is altered reality. Uh, well, except that we can queer this if you want to. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Let's because these are back to back bizarro sexuality episodes for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. You know, yeah. this is like yeah. we have our we have our like 
sex is destructive and dangerous, mm-hmm. but also really great. And then we have this everybody's coming out to everybody else about their like mm-hmm. deep sexy time feelings. So I don't know. And it's not a full curl. It's like a wavy. It's not a full curl. It's a wave. It's like a wave. It's like a Victoria's Secret sure. kind of a. It's great hair. I that absolutely love it. I like but it. I think. I mean. I like it. I don't know if you wanted to get a little bit more metaphorical you with your buffy curly your, hair theory. Sure, with the with the bizarro world. I mean, technically, I don't think it's a supernaturally altered bizarro world. No, but you know what? I, I'm I'm willing to accept your sex is weird. You know, whole thing. <laughs> We are being weird about sex. Sex is weird, guys. Sex Sex is is weird, weird, man. Desire is weird. weird. Gender is weird. It's all weird. It's all really weird. Sometimes you love a witch and a werewolf at the same time, and it's just so confusing. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you need two little Pezzes. Two little Pez dispensers. All right, Noelle, what are you wearing? Oh, my God. I'm wearing so much. (laughs) This is a great episode for clothing. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we've got some just truly amazing early mm-hmm. aughts fashion in our yeah. opening sequence mm-hmm. with Willow and Tara. Tara's like lavender tie-dye top with the white sort of like amoeba circles mm-hmm. and Willow's mm-hmm. pastel blue knit sweater with a floral embroidery that of course will become an emotional turning point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Willow's orange shirt has a chandelier print on it but it sort of looks mm-hmm. like the beginning of a mushroom cloud or a volcano about to erupt and i could Ooh. go uh, go on and read like a lot into that but i love it the bottom line with the two of them is they just look so mm-hmm. cute together they look so good yeah. and mm-hmm. so like i i look at them and they are they're this wonderful like time capsule of mm-hmm. early aughts like yeah lesbian teen witch fashion and it (laughs) makes my heart very happy so actually if you go ahead and hit pause at about mm, three minutes and 50 seconds into the episode Mm -hmm. you'll see this beautiful tableau of everyone at the scooby meeting and Uh the costume and set design is just gorgeous everybody looks so good at Mm -hmm. the scooby meeting it's i mean there are many colors in the scooby rainbow but also i just feel like there was so much time and attention put into the look of all of these characters for, for mm-hmm. you know, the show as a whole, certainly, but this episode in particular. And, I mean, and this is not the body language section of the podcast, but, like, right. check out everyone's body language. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's masterful. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> I kept noticing Willow's green choker. It's like a crocheted mm-hmm green choker i don't Mm -hmm. know that it means anything in particular except that i had something similar as a bracelet in college that my mom made so my mom doesn't listen to this podcast but like shout out to my mom for like crocheting (laughs) a rad and very fashionable thing that willow also happens to have um and i talked a little bit about this sort of softness that Mm -hmm. tara has her makeup in this episode Mm -hmm. is highlighting that in a really really great way they do something probably in combination with the lighting but something about that her makeup makes her look really like bambi eyed and super Mm -hmm. vulnerable and very 
She doesn't look like she's wearing a lot of makeup, which, of course, is always yeah. a lovely trick of movies and television to make us think that, you know, we should all just be glamorous all the time. But Tara specifically <laughs> looks really like she looks very she looks very open and vulnerable, I think more mm-hmm. so even than usual. And that feels yeah. really appropriate for this episode where she's on kind of shaky ground because she loves mm-hmm. Willow and supports Willow and wants Willow to be happy, mm-hmm. but she's like, oh, this might be the end of our romantic relationship. And I just, oh, oh my God, it's so, it's, it, but she's intense. so wonderful with the I'll always be your friend. I'll oh always my be there for you. God. Tara that, is too good. She is, yeah, she's like way more mm-hmm. something, like emotionally yeah. mature. Like she's way, yeah. She's yeah, I mean mm-hmm. we'll keep we'll we'll talk a lot about Tara. And we will talk a lot about Tara. Tara. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to Still yeah. Pretty, a Tara McClay podcast where uh, yeah yeah we just talk. I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, also, I think have we talked about Oz's coat? On, I don't think we did. Section? No, I think mm-hmm. I have. Okay, I have this memory of talking about it. I'm sure every other. Buffy podcast has talked about it because it's one of those things that's like out there in the cultural, Mm -hmm. you know, soup Mm -hmm. that we sort of all know that um, Oz wears this sheepskin coat. Yeah. So he Mm -hmm. is literally, and that was done on purpose. So he would Mm -hmm. literally be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Um, But I want to address Willow's coat when Mm -hmm. they go for their little walk outside under the full moon. I mean... Killing me with the floral embroidery. She's wearing yeah. this puffy coat that sort of looks like a super femme version mm-hmm. of Oz's coat. And it has yeah. this beautiful floral embroidery all over. It sort of kind of matches him. But then mm-hmm. it also is reminiscent of her floral embroidered sweater that Tara mm-hmm. will wear yeah. later on. So this like... Mm-hmm. This like outer, there's something to be said here about like the outer mm-hmm. marker of relationship, something, blah, blah, blah. It's deep mm-hmm. and meaningful, but also it's just a rad coat. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and Oz has Oz never not looked great. No, he I, always looks great. He, he always, always looks fantastic. Looks great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and here he's wearing this beautiful linen tunic in these mm-hmm. like really gentle pale colors, but yeah. with a dark burgundy T-shirt, mm-hmm. I guess, underneath as this great visual cue about how things are with him mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, lots of like layers to yeah. there are lots of layers to everyone in this episode, but Oz in Oz's costuming, we have this great visual representation of, you know, mm-hmm. outside he's super like all natural and chill and meditation mm-hmm. and herbs and charms and chanting. And, you know, he's he's mm-hmm. got this figured out. But underneath there's that like blood boiling, dark werewolf that he's just barely got under the surface. Um, yeah. And I love it. Anytime, anytime costumes can be a visual metaphor for what the character Mm -hmm. is feeling or what their true nature is i just i mean i love it 
it's just one of my it's one of my absolute favorite things um so for you know directors <laughs> budding directors out there that's something to think about you know how can you work with your your costume folks to mm-hmm. um you know depict that that characters not just the characterization not just like oh this is a person who would own a jacket like this but like right. what is going mm-hmm. on yeah, emotionally and with this person in the this narrative. scene. Um, yeah. There's, <laughs> I will do this every now and then where I notice something that I think is just a coincidence, but mm-hmm. you know what? This is the joy of doing a queer <laughs> reading, a queer queer reading. When Tara <laughs> goes to Willow in the library, Willow is wearing this purple tunic. We have a lot of purple. On our, mm-hmm. on our lesbian witches, which I appreciate. Um, but also Willow is wearing a necklace that kind of looks like the colors of the lesbian pride flag. I love that. Again, not mm-hmm. probably not a deliberate choice. Probably not something that I don't even know. I don't even know how like well known the lesbian pride flag was in 2000. Um but yeah, it it's a coincidence, me. though. That is a, a a universal like moment of harmony. Coincidence, you know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just have like one of those delicious zeitgeist moments, and we all just sometimes go, "Yeah, it happens. that's great." Yeah. Um, yeah. In a more mundane costuming moment, I love that Riley Finn, who is completely enormous, has managed to yes. get Oz clothes that fit on his I wee little know. werewolf man frame. Like, oh, we already know what side Riley's going to come down on because he got Oz close to fit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, okay, here's an intersection of your interests and my interests with respect to clothing. Yes. Um, The idea that you just, like, Mm -hmm. put on fatigues or lab coats or whatever and sneak in anywhere... Is so, first of all, it's very Scooby-Doo. I will Um, tell you from personal experience that if you hold a clipboard, you can walk in anywhere and do whatever you want. You have not sneaked into somewhere with a clipboard. I once stole, like we had a show that we were doing when I was in college and we didn't have tables or chairs because we forgot to get them. And that was part of the thing that we needed for the set. So I went into the dining hall across the street with a clipboard held the door open while all of the people from my team stole the chairs, the tables and chairs and brought them in. And we brought them back like an hour and a half later and nobody said a word. You're an anarchist. (laughs) I am a troublemaker. I'm very dangerous. Yeah. But I mean, like if you can, if you have a clipboard, you can, you can walk in almost anywhere and do almost anything and nobody will say a word to you. But like, yeah. Okay, but I have worked jobs where we had people who were like contractors where like maybe I didn't know their names, but I knew everyone. Like I knew people yeah. by sight. So this idea mm-hmm. that you could just like it's so funny. It happens in fiction all the time. Yeah, you walk time. in with a clipboard. A clipboard gives it. you authority. If you got a clipboard and like a name tag, you're you're in. You're in. I mean, I guess, I guess. And they do call it out a little bit with Spike yeah. complaining about yes. what he has to wear to sneak into the initiative. And Willow says, you do sort of look like an evil olive. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I mean, it's something that I love 
and hate about fiction is that disguises mm-hmm. always work. Right. Um, even and maybe especially when they're these like barely there disguises. You know, a beautiful yes. woman puts on a pair of glasses and pulls her long hair back into a bun and suddenly she's totally unrecognizable. No, even though she's scientist. the literal yes. slayer. And uh, like, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. like, isn't well, the yeah. initiative like looking for her? What the hell? What is I happening? know, but like. The thing is, though, that like if you actually and this is something that you do in writing, too, like one of the things like if I, I tell people if you want to pull off a twist, right, then um, then you need to work with the presumptions, the, the like work with the momentum of the presumptions that your audience already has and like hide, you know, seed the twist in those presumptions and just let it go. But the thing is, too, also that I've said a lot is that reality is no defense for fiction, because the fact is that despite the fact that in reality, serious Obviously, and I know this is dangerous. I am not condoning any shit that you people are about to get up to with clipboards. But seriously, yes, if you have a clipboard, <laughs> you are working within the presumptions of the people that are there that if you have a clipboard, then somehow you have a job to do and you've been authorized to do that job because you have a clipboard. Like who carries a clipboard if they're not working, right? If they're not supposed to be doing what they're doing, right? Um But the fact that you can do that in reality, again, reality is no defense for fiction. Just because it can happen in reality or because it does happen in reality doesn't mean that it's necessarily believable within fiction. Because fiction is not about reality. It is about believability. And so I think that you do have, despite the fact that I just made the argument that no shit, you really can. You really can do that. um, That that you're right. You're absolutely right. Because the thing (laughs) is, is that it is is realistic, but it's not terribly believable in fiction. Fiction needs to be believable or your audience isn't going to ride along with you. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also, like, power of, you know, being, like, a pretty woman with white skin and a clipboard. Like, there are more factors here. Oh, yes. Please, please. Yes. Let me acknowledge my white privilege and take that back a little bit. I'm sorry. But it's also just like... If you're a white person with a clipboard, generally, you can get away with anything. If you're a white person with a clipboard. Like, I just... Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Or like, and or a collared shirt, you know? Or like a... Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's... And I guess that's what the lab coat is about, too. Like, if you see a person Mm -hmm. in a white coat, well, they didn't just, like, throw that on over their clothing, right? Like, they They obviously are supposed to be wearing that white coat. Exactly. Anyway. That's really true. Anyway, it's one of those Mm -hmm. things that in fiction always it's like it's the you know it's the push me pull Mm -hmm. you it's like i'm like oh i'm so here for this but also this is completely bananas like it is Mm -hmm. backwards pants day it is it is completely bananas (laughs) yes i don't know i don't know that's what i got that's what i got i already talked about riley you know punching his you know punching the the guy although i do like that he's wearing like the the initiative is wearing this like olive green this evil olive and Mm -hmm. um Riley, when he says, I'm an anarchist and punches out the colonel, he's wearing a burgundy shirt because he's Mm -hmm. like, he's opposite on the color wheel, right? Like he's going against the initiative, but also Mm -hmm. he's like going with his passion because fuck you, dude in authority. Mm -hmm. Like this woman is worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, wow, that was a pretty good uh, run on on what are you wearing? I really like that. What's your girl power moment of the week? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me not forget. Oh, not with a girl power bit. I have to get Spike in there. <laughs> What's your girl power moment? I mean, Willow coming out to herself 
visibly right before she comes out to Buffy and says it's complicated because of Tara. And we see it register on her face that, like, here we go. We're going to acknowledge it. So good. Out loud, textually, to my best friend. Mm -hmm. And holy shit. (laughs) If you've ever had a conversation like that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know the the you know the strength and power that it takes to do that, and I just oh god, oh god, it's, <laughs> it's, so, so, it's so good, it's so good, <laughs> it's really good. All right, so for this week's moment in Riley, actually this is this is the most I've liked Riley I think so far. Um, I like that he realizes he was wrong and he self corrects. You know, after a while with his bigoted understanding of demons and werewolves and all of that. Um, I love that he rescued Oz. I love now that you brought up that he brought Oz clothes that fit. Also shows some real, you know, thoughtfulness in Riley. Um, And stood up to the shithead commanding officer. So I think that those are all really good. It's it's, it's the most I've liked Riley. And I didn't have to rely on liking Mark Lucas either. These are actual character moments for Riley that I liked. Good point. This is an actual good Riley and not just like Mark Mm -hmm. Lucas's big arms. Mark Lucas is, oh, you know, and the thing is, I like his delivery. You know, I'm not going to reduce... Mark Lucas as a human down to just the fact that he's fucking beautiful because he is. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I like there's a lot of things about Mark Lucas as an actor that I really like. Um, but Riley is always a problem for me. So I'm really glad that I have Riley character moments that I can enjoy. Um, all right, Noelle. So what's your favorite part? Oh, my God. Can the whole episode be my favorite part? I mean, it well, can. except for the Adam stuff. Yes. But OK, because but really, cares? like, like if I have to choose mm-hmm. a favorite part, it's. It's Tara saying, I want my room to be Willow friendly. It's such a baller move. It's so good. Especially for someone who we hear actually struggles to speak on Mm -hmm. a somewhat regular basis. Tara knows how to talk to women. Uh (laughs) Aha. I like it. Bam. (laughs) Bam, Tara. Go, girl. Go, girl. I like it. What about you, Lonnie? What's your favorite part? Oh, God. At the end, right now, right now, and then blowing out the candle. And oh, my God, it is so. Oh, I love that every time. And then the the screen goes dark and I'm just my little heart just fills with love (laughs) and happiness and everything in the world is okay. Suddenly. Yes. Yes. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to join in, come find us on social media. Lonnie is at Lonnie Diane Rich on Twitter, and I'm at Noella Loud on Instagram. And the hashtag is still pretty. This episode of Still Pretty was brought to you by the Chipperish media producers who support us on Patreon at the power producer level. These people are the reason why Still Pretty is coming to you free and ad-free right now. So thank you to our January producers. Jonathan, Shelley, Kristen, Noelle, Alyssa, Erica, Abigail, Alice, and Sarah. And this week's special message for our power producers, I feel like some part of me will always be waiting for you. Like if I'm old and blue haired and I turn the corner in Istanbul and there you are, I won't be surprised because you're with me, you know? To find out how you too can support Chipperish Media, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Other ways to show your support, write a great review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show, or go out for the less confusing waffles. (laughs) We'll be back next time with the Yoko Factor, the 20th episode of season four. Until then, you were a Boy Scout? Parts of me. (laughs) 